I'm Chris Cusseau, a 25-year veteran of the Comic Shop Wars. I'm also a writer, and I run the website TrustyHenchman.com. I'm Nicole Lamb. I'm a former comic store manager, and I'm currently cleaning my house out. This is our new podcast, We Should Write This Down. Welcome. Hello, Nicole. Oh, hello, Chris. How are you today? I'm doing okay, all things considered. Okay. 2020 being what it is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Let's not talk about the 2020, even though we exist in it. And true. Uh, what you uh, what you've been uh, watching and reading? Uh, I've been getting really into these uh, web tune, tappy tune uh, applications that you mm. can get on the phone or, or read online that have all sorts of different comics on it, from very good to uh, it's your <laughs> first comic, isn't it? Yo yo yo. And on Tappy Tune, I got that because there was something called Pixel of Life where it looked like it was a trans man romance story. Mm-hmm. Turns out it mm-hmm. wasn't. Um, no. But I'm still working my way through it where it's these two friends from high school. They had some kind of falling out for some reason. And the main character um, doesn't know that her friend that she's reunited with is actually a guy but disguised as a woman and i still don't know why that's the case Hmm, okay so it's like a mystery romance but i don't know where the romance and i don't know what the mystery is so and it's one of those things where you can only read one a day unless you spend real money and spending real money to read that entire comic would be like probably 60 bucks so i'm not really (laughs) it's a lot of money so I'm slowly reading that. And then on Webtoons, they've been doing this promotional thing where they say, like, participate between this time and this time and read 18 comics, uh, uh, 18 episodes or something of a comic. And I found a comic called Rotten through there, which has a mm. a uh, it has a cop who can smell when people are lying or if they're bad people. Okay. And he's one of those guys who like tries too hard and everyone's like, you got to stop using your nose for these things and you got to start doing police work and stuff. But his nose actually is right. But yeah, he should probably do some police work as well. He's kind of a funny character. But it focuses on this young man who had this really bad like upstairs neighbor, downstairs neighbor, upstairs neighbor. I can't remember. <laughs> well, you're the one with a bad upstairs neighbor, but we'll move on. <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's in my life or their life. Um, yes. And the person would always come up and be like, and scream at them and say like, oh, you're you're being way too loud and, you know, you need to stop or whatever. And there's just been this horrible smell coming from her apartment. Uh. And he goes to investigate and she's nowhere to be found, but there's like dead cats in her apartment and something weird has happened. Her twin sister shows up and he thinks it's her. And she's like a stunt, uh, a, a stunt person, hmm. and so she's you know pretty, I guess, feisty. So she like punches him and stuff. But then she's like, "Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. I'll help you. You're not like a bad guy." Ah. So it's like this weird ragtag team of like this like sister who's estranged from her her twin, um, who's trying to figure out what happened to her sister, and this guy, this young kid who's like just trying to live his life and like has gotten wrapped up in this weird set of circumstances, and then this cop who is you know has a good nose for trouble (laughs) so that's really interesting i it's and the art is really cool it's by good guy which i've never i've never heard of um the other cool thing about this app is like i get i get to see like korean uh you know artists and Mm. people from different countries too because a lot of stuff is just we get japanese manga you know we don't get a lot of other manga right uh available to us in print 
per se. So this app has like a ton of stuff. I know you and I've looked at it and you were already like, I see so many things that I want to read. <laughs> yeah. That's too dangerous for me, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I'm finding out that I'm, I'm kind of, uh, uh, I, I, I used to think I, I was a fast reader and I think I still technically am, but I'm a lazy reader, which is with, even with all this free time, I still haven't knocked out a lot of books. Um, because, I'm doing other things. I'm doing other projects. I'm spending time with my website stuff. Um, and I, I still look at books and I'm being like, I know I'm going to love you, but I don't want to, I don't want to read you right now. Um, so I'm trying to get over that. So yeah, adding more to it. It's kind of like uh, the same thing with like streaming services. If like, I really want to watch the rest of Lovecraft country because I saw the first episode on YouTube, but I, I have a billion things on Netflix and a billion things on Amazon Prime. And it's just like, I'm not going to pay for another service when I have to catch up to all these other things. Um, so Unless you do what I did for Twin Peaks The Return and you only got the add-on for like the time that that show is on and then you're done. Gotcha, gotcha. So maybe you wait till there's a few more in the can. Yeah. Or that it ends. You get in there for a month. Right. Binge that. Get out. I'll probably maybe do that because, yeah, Lovecraft Country was, uh, first episode was amazing. Um, I loved everything about it. So highly recommend people, if you do have the HBOs, to go check that out. Um, And, uh, yeah. Oh, I also started watching Babylon Berlin, um, and that one took me by surprise. Uh, our friend Cole Hornaday, he recommended it to me, and I'm like, where is that? And he's like, on Netflix. I'm like, get out. No, I, I look everywhere for new stuff on Netflix. And, I, and like the algorithm just totally decided I didn't like crime. It never showed it to me. And I'm just like, noir crime's like my jam. What you doing? Um, so yeah, that one, it's, uh, it's a noir crime mystery taking place in, uh, Berlin, uh, right before the rise of the Nazis. And it's fantastic. Everything about it, the music, the acting, uh, the, the cinematography is just, it's great. So highly recommend people check that out. Um, so yeah. What else you've been into? been playing a game on my nintendo switch called spirit fairer it's mm-hmm. definitely got uh art that is our jam it's that like sweet uh i don't know what do you what do what, what do we call that stuff the sweet sentimental art or something yeah i started uh, in one of my articles on my website i described it as uh genuine uh storytelling mm-hmm. um i've heard some people just call it like the millennial style or something like that and it's just like yeah that's only that that doesn't quite capture it for me um but it's it's that kind of more cartoony style that encapsulates like more empathic storytelling yeah um and uh i'm sure we could probably you know define that better but uh it 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 hits me pretty well when i describe something that way it's just like something that's going to focus more on a brighter more optimistic way of looking at life you know yeah um so yeah, you were telling me about this game. It sounds pretty great. Yeah, it's a it's such a sweet game. It's this um this young woman named Stella and her cat Daffodil, and they get chosen for some reason to become the new spirit fairer. The old spirit fairer is like, yeah, I'm piecing out, <laughs> and he's like, here, you just do this thing, and you'll figure it out. It's cool. It's like 
the game does kind of just throw you into it and it's just like we gave you a guide on how to do the controls you'll figure it out i <laughs> it took me a little bit longer to figure it out yeah um like to finding out i had an inventory was just like oh my god it was like <laughs> five hours in i was like mm-hmm. how do you not know what you crafted anyway um you get you find this boat you find an old friend named gwen and she's a lost soul you bring her onto the ship and her true form is shown um she ends up being this very like fancy dear lady with like a like a cigarette holder and likes you know fine dining and all this stuff so uh you're you're finding you're it's a it seems to be a world that is kind of like maybe a purgatory world it's not quite explained but it definitely doesn't seem to be the world that most people are from Mm -hmm. and it just seems to have these these uh beings that kind of look like the beings from journey if you remember it's just these sort of blocky shapes with wearing like um um, the type of outfits that like women in Saudi Arabia have where it's like you can you're covered most of your head and your body mm-hmm. and it and it takes away your um, kind of human shape mm-hmm. um, and everyone has these like dark kind of shadow weaver he-man style where she doesn't have a face she just has like a shadow where her face should be gotcha. but then there's little eyes and that's all the beings in the world but some of them are lost and you have to bring them on your ship and then you have to take care of them you have to feed them you have to hug them you have to um you know just make sure that they're overall happy they'll have missions for you they'll, they'll tell you to go to other places and then on top of it you can craft new places you can craft mm. new places on your ship where you pretty much just make a little town on there you can also garden. It just has all the kind of jams that I like. Nice. And it's also just very sweet. It's very interesting. Like she she finds a lot of people where it's like, oh, okay, this was a friend of hers or her sister. I can't tell if Gwen is her friend or her sister. Mm-hmm. Either it, it might be like a found family where you might as well be my sister. But I, right. I can't quite tell. Then there's a woman who's a snake person. And she seems like a kind of a grandmotherly type, but I have no idea what her connection is. And then there's like the big rotund robust uncle who's a big frog and likes to eat everything and he'll just eat anything at all and he's just like ah, 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 and he's like the handy worker guy so if you make everybody happy they'll use the things on your on your ship to to make crafting material or ah. when you go to port or something like that you can go they'll go to the market and they'll buy thread or they'll chop down wood or something like that so it's got a lot of interesting elements to it uh, on top of it just being like what's the story with everyone and what's, you know, and it's just a beautiful world to go through. There's a lot of like, a lot of color blocking for the, for the color style. And you go to all these different places that look like, you know, different places we know, like there's a place that looks a lot like Japan. It's got these gorgeous, beautiful mountains and these beautiful forests and things like that. Nice. And then you just come, come across people who are like, I'm going to give you a tour. And you're like, okay, sure. (laughs) I don't know. So I've been really obsessed with it, and uh, yeah, there's it's pretty it's a pretty sweet game. And that's Nintendo Switch. I think it's on everything. Oh, right so maybe now. PC. Oh, this could be dangerous. Yeah, you should you should look it up. Well, it's <laughs> the trick. It's gonna have to pry me away from Warframe, which is my stand my oh, go to. Which that's uh, true. quick thing, uh, yes. Warframe um, just had a update called the Heart of Dimos, and it's kind of great. Because so just some some quick background. Warframe is is a uh, like a third person action adventure shooter um, 
grinder. It's basically you're just getting all these materials so that you can build more weapons and stuff and level up and da 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 da. Um, but every once in a while they get an update, and this one's great because there are free roam planets. Um, and there's only been two in the, uh, the, the game so far, and each one represents one of the bad guy factions. And, uh, the faction that was not represented yet is the, the, um, this infected race. They're basically, they're kind of like all Clive Barker, uh, Clive, Clive, not Clive Barker, Clive, not Clive, John Carpenter, <laughs> Clive, John, John Carpenter, Clive. <laughs> Um, John Carpenter's things. They're basically like these horrible genetic mutations that, uh, consume and make like these monsters out of people. So now there's a whole planet of them and it is the squishiest, wiggliest, tentacliest planet you can ever go to. And, uh, but the best part is, um, there's a family that lives on that planet of like these ancient kind of humanoid creatures that were trying to prevent this from happening and they failed. And now they've been consumed, but they still have their individuality. And it's a family of four, a uh, family of five. It's a mother, father, son, daughter, and a grandmother, but they've all forgotten their names. And they all hate each other completely. Like the mother and father are constantly bickering. The, the son is the one that caused the infection and he's like destroyed his sister's fish collection. So you got to go fishing for the sister. This is a weird game. Um, it is a weird game. <laughs> but what's, what's great is that like the, the voice acting is pretty great and they, they sneak in little things like when, uh, when you arrive on the planet, uh, you, you go into their headquarters and, um, mother shows up and the thing is they all now exist within like these weird tentacled flower paws so she emerges from this tentacle thing and she's all messed up and she's just like she doesn't know that the planet's gonna die and blah 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 all this other stuff and when somebody informs her she's like oh fuck <laughs> and then they and like somebody cuts her and just like the functions are totally down that's right yes so the, they have a nice bit of humor, the way they have these characters bickering. And uh, as you increase your rep with them, they start to name each other and blah, 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 blah. But it's so weird because it's like a family comedy drama set amongst John Carpenter's thing, kind of, in space with it ninjas. It seems like a... F- like a fan fiction you would have come up with. Yeah, so that's, I think, why I'm down with it. Like, I don't even have to try, you know? <laughs> but the game's so weird because it's like, there's there's all this horrible stuff, and the game's like, now you have to go fishing so that you can get rep. And now you have to go mining so you can get a different kind of rep. And don't forget to preserve these animals on a wildlife hunt. And the thing is, you're a space ninja with, like, guns and bazookas. I, I don't know why, I just love this game. I feel like you need to do a Twitch stream of this just to prove that this is a thing that actually happens in this game. Because it's like it's hard for me to mentally put <laughs> this all together. I'll send you some vids later. Yeah, that would be great. So uh, yeah, that one that's been consuming some of my time. You know, you mix the John Carpenter and Clive Barker together made me think of like what would a mashup of that look like? Uh, it would be horribly disgusting and there would be a lot of jizz (laughs) (laughs) you're you're clyde barker showing uh (laughs) that's that's the thing i it's so funny i was reading at some point i was catching up and rewatching like hellraiser 
And whenever I do stuff like that and there's an interesting uh, world building and mythology, I start to kind of like do some more research. And I was looking up like details on the production of Hellraiser and his directing and all that. And then I was reading the summary of the original book. And the, one of the big differences is in Hellraiser, uh, if you've never seen Hellraiser, um, this one character is resurrected in the floorboards of his abandoned house. And it's because his brother bled on the spot where he died and the blood was able to, you know, bring him back from hell in the book. It's the exact same thing, but they stress specifically, it's the blood and semen. And it's just like, ah. And so, like, every other time I see a comparison of the movie version and the book version of a Clyde Barker thing, it's almost always just like, it's the blood and semen. <laughs> and, or, you know, some other el sexual element. And it makes sense when you read all of his work. He, he focuses a lot on sexual things and sexual power. And it's just like, ah, oh, yeah, got it. You know, whereas John Carpenter's just like, I just want a monster to rip these people apart. <laughs> Clyde Barker would be like, with the dingus? <laughs> with the dingus? I, you know, he'd probably try to fit a phallic monster into there at some point. <laughs> um, but also he'd be, <laughs> he'd, he'd throw in some really weird additional material. And that's yeah. saying something if it's a John Carpenter project already. Actually, I really want to see what the two of them would be like working with each other. Because every time I see John Carpenter, he's like smoking and he's got this rough voice and he seems to just be kind of done with everything. And, <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, now I really want to see that. Yeah, because we know like Clive Barker sits in like a regal chair and like drinks brandy or whatever he does while he listens to like opera and whatever i don't know mm -hmm. didn't you have some like disc that it was just like these are all these songs that i created that yeah. i listen to while i write about jizz yes <laughs> yeah exactly about that uh yeah. yeah yeah it's it's a great album it's you know stuff that he put into soundtracks for his movies um and a lot of it is a mixture of music from plays and theater and then, like, some, you know, like, nice 50s and 60s music thrown in there. Um, yeah. Uh, this would be a great odd couple. I just, yeah, I just, like, Clive Barker is, like, the snook to, like, John Carpenter's Darth Vader or something, you know? Like, Darth Vader's just very stoic and just, like, whatever. And Snook is just like, let me put on my gold robe and monologue to you about everything that I have thought about the last month. Still evil, but yes. fabulous. Yes. yes. My favorite combination. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to, uh, in the background, think of the name of their uh, project together. But I don't have it right now. It'll come to us later. That's what Clive mm. Barker said. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then my murdered sibling came back and then <laughs> my bondage demons showed up and yes. then we all had a jizz party they're totally normal <laughs> they're totally normal <laughs> uh speaking of body horror i also just finished a manga surprise uh called hell's paradise and oh how was that i read a review on it 
I absolutely loved it. That's that weird picture I sent you the other day. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> there I was s- like a demon with like arms coming out of his eyes. Yeah. I, I sent this to Nicole and the caption I put on it was just like, I love that uh, due to Attack on Titan, every manga creator that wants to do horror has to like actively try to outdo the weirdness of Attack on Titan with their body horror. Um, yeah, the, the quick setup is that... Um, this criminal is supposed to be put to death and they keep on trying to kill him first by like cutting his head off and then setting him on fire and they just can't do it. The sword breaks against his neck. Uh, the fire won't immolate him and um, he wants to die. They just can't kill him. And there's a woman there who's like taking notes and trying, you know, like recording this. And then they reveal that she's actually one of the uh, Shogun's decapitators, one of the sword testers. Um, and she's going to kill him now, but she has a theory that he doesn't actually want to die. And she's right. And the thing is, he is one of the most horrible assassins in Japan. He's he's renowned for his savagery and. They, they kind of reveal that he does want to stay alive so that he can see his wife again. So, the main push of the plot is that him and a ton of other murderers, criminals, the worst of the worst, are recruited by the Shogun to go to a mythical land to find the elixir of immortality. And at first there's like, you know, 40 or 50 criminals and they're like ah that's too many all of you kill each other and then the the worst will be the the best and uh so there's there's a bit of a an audition of murder and uh you're left with 10 of these really interesting horrible people and so they're going but each one is paired with an executioner to make sure they do the job and so it's 20 people going it reminds me of uh some action movies like that predators where there was like you know six or seven different killers that were put on the predator planet and they each have their own thing there's the samurai there's the blah 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 blah, blah. um so each of these different people has their own gimmick or their own weird thing and uh but the main character and his companion his executioner are very interesting because they're both learning from each other because the the really interesting thing about him is that he's very affable like you like him he's he's kind of a nice person except he's a horrible murderer and then his executioner is trying to overcome like her fear of doing the job uh which affects her technique and she's trying to figure out, like, you know, does she wear the burden of murder on her and, and carry it? Or does she try to avoid the burden? Da, 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 da. Um, so it's, it's a weird mixture of, like, action, supernatural horror, um, murder, and, uh, um, and, like, dark comedy in there as well. So I, I highly recommend it. Um, Hell's Paradise. I'm going to have to try and get volume two and three here soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah yeah it was really interesting in the review i had to reread it because i was like did i just zone out because it was like he's the most horrible assassin but he really misses his wife and he's a nice guy and it's just like what i'm like (laughs) wait what are you sure yeah the body horror is really interesting because yeah the the shogun starts getting uh his initial people that he sent off the scouts to the uh paradise they come back as these mutated plants kind of uh so when when people finally make it to the island when the criminals do 
they start coming across like there's a butterfly with a human face and all these icky things. And then there's uh, some other like the book basically ends at the climax of like, here's some monsters, have fun. And, and then like all the criminals betraying each other and trying to kill each other. So it moves at a really quick pace, but it's also like very finely constructed. So, yeah, yeah. it's very good. Yeah, and the art style looked really cool too. Oh I mean, the, yeah, the the covers are just graphically really gorgeous. They use great colors, and it's got this really like sharp, edgy type of drawing style where things are spiky. Yep, yeah, yeah, but it's also yeah. very fluid, like very kinetic uh, action mm. going on. Nice. Um, plus, a lot of really good like emoting through not only the faces but through the body language. So uh, yeah, I'm 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 sad that it took me so long to get to this one. Mm. So yay. This is more of like a instead of we should write this down, it's like this is what we're reading. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Which I mean, is we're, fine too. We're we're trying to build our Clyde Barker John Carpenter fantasy going on right now. So We uh, are. I've I've been working on that in the background. Nothing's really coming up. I think I'm too tired from playing video games all night. <laughs> yes. Yes, 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 yes. It, it might I really be one want of those this to be something. <laughs> It might be one of those things that we have to return to it, you know. Um, oh, I uh, uh, I do want to share. There was an interesting video um, on YouTube called Muffy and the Mysterians. And it's uh, it's basically about obscure toy history that connects with like Marvel Comics and DC and Jim Shooter and all this other stuff. Um, so I'll, I'll put a link to that um, when I post this video. But the uh, one of the things I got out of it was uh, it talks about uh, a guy named Dennis Marks who um, you know did a lot of voice acting and worked for a lot of companies like Hanna Barbera and stuff like that. And uh, he had this weird thing that they point out where he always required a dog be put into the story, like the the scrappy little dog companion. So like in Spider-Man and his amazing friends, there's Miss Lion who would go on their adventures. And then for like the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon, he wanted the dog. And Gary Gygax was like, no, no dog. And he's like, unicorn? And Gary Gygax is like, ah, fine. So I just kind of started building this little fan fiction of Dennis Marks. Like, what if he had more power? What if he kept on working for more companies and lived longer and stuck around? And he uh, just kept on putting dogs in everything. What would be better with a dog? I mean, besides everything. Well, I, I mean, like, let's say he started getting into video game production. And, <laughs> and there'd just be dogs attached to like, here's your new Tomb Raider adventure. Don't forget the dog. And it's like a scrappy little, you know, uh, uh, comedy relief dog. That's the trick. It can't be just like uh, a companion dog that helps you do something. It would be obnoxious like Scrappy-Doo, you know? Oh, no. <laughs> Miss Lion wasn't annoying. She was a sweet girl. Okay. Okay. Maybe that's too far. Scrappy-Doo. Scrappy-Doo is terrible. I pulled out the big guns. I'm sorry. You really I, did. I, I need to pull that out. <laughs> okay. So like, what if everybody had a Scooby-Doo, you know? Bloodborne, but with dogs. Yes. Yes. What Good. would Bloodborne dogs look like? Would they look like the dog from like scary <laughs> stories where it's just like a rat, but somebody thought it was like a hairless dog? You know, no. The, so this is the trick. This is what would make it fantastic. They all look like a 1970s Hanna-Barbera cartoon dog, <laughs> but the rest of Bloodborne still looks the same. 
<laughs> so it's this glaringly wrong object in the world. <laughs> It'd be like the one sparkling light. It'd be like um like the little mermaid Eric's dog is like a really floofy dog with like fur all over their face. I yep. think they're like some kind of herding dog. I can't remember what type of dog that is. But something like that where they're just like this white, like really precious, innocent baby that somehow like still survives through Bloodborne. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Exactly. And yeah, like I think about Hey Hey and Moana where it's like that's the dumbest, luckiest chicken ever. Like they tried to die so many times and they just couldn't. Yep. Yeah, it would be that. I mean, that this this is the lasting effect of his legacy. We still get that in movies all the time. Um, I mean, it, you you know that he would love like Doug from Up, you know, stuff oh, like yeah. that. But Absolutely. what if what if Dennis Marks was like a producer on our John Carpenter Clyde Barker project? <laughs> <laughs> but he was like a serious artiste and he would put these Hanna-Barbera guys in there. Yes. Like he'd be like from Harka Vagrant, like the, the king sitting on his throne where the jester is going herp a derp a derp yep. and the king is very like, this is serious art. Yes. It's like the dumbest dog just in this terrible <laughs> Hellraiser scope with mm -hmm, mm -hmm, thing mm -hmm. tentacles everywhere and it's just like and dog and dog, dog. <laughs> exactly exactly and this is art everybody take it seriously and kai barker and john carpenter are in the corner smoking and just hating on him the entire time <laughs> <laughs> it's like the uh, production company like hollywood studio was like yes but he needs a job so you're gonna put him in your film you're gonna yeah. let him do whatever dog thing he wants and they're just like <laughs> they're like the the weirdo girls in high school like standing outside school just smoking cigarettes hating everybody yes talking talking crap <laughs> about him you get a 50 million dollar budget but you have to let this guy do the thing with the dog <laughs> what are but we gonna not... call this project <laughs> instead of books of blood it's books of bark books of bark no that's terrible <laughs> well, this is not a good movie idea. I mean, Hell, Hell we Barker. enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hell Barker? Hell Wolfer? <laughs> Wolf Razor? Nah. Prince <laughs> Prince of Barkness? Hmm. Barkoween? No, it's terrible. <laughs> I don't think anything good can come out of this, but it's highly no, no, entertaining no, 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 for no, no. me. I'm I'm actually leaning a little bit more towards Prince of Barkness, but uh, it's still terrible. It's still terrible. We'll do better. Sorry, folks. We'll do better. <laughs> this is an off day for us. You know, it's okay. We can have those sometimes. Yes. <laughs> now I'm just imagining a cute little dog in like a dog Halloween costume, like a Dracula cape. But then they're also trying to put the little, like, thing tentacles coming out of him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Whipping everywhere. See, he's I'm like, picturing the same dog, but he's wearing, like, one of the uh, masks from Halloween 3. And <laughs> and then the music starts playing, and he decomposes. And this is where <laughs> John Carpenter and Clyde Barker are like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> What else is coming out of the mask? And Clyde Barker is like, jizz. <laughs> and John Carpenter's no. like, no. Okay, fine, blood. Get off of that. <laughs> and Clyde Barker's like, I'm get off to. of it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, this is not appropriate.
No, but when is it ever? Yeah, 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 yeah. I tried to talk about innocent things, but we just, we can't keep it for long. No, 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 no. It has to devolve into (laughs) dirtiness. Dirty, dirty, dirty. Dirty. I didn't read any boys love this week, so everyone's free and clear of that, at least. Oh, okay. (laughs) Oh, oh, uh, I'll talk about this. I started watching Star Trek The Next Generation from the very first episode. I've never done a complete watch through. I've only done little chunks. And, uh, you know, I'm enjoying it. Um, we'll skip talking about the sex episode, episode two, just because we've already hit that quota. Um, other than I got it. I love Captain Picard's oh, kind of weird moment there. Um, but uh, I noticed something kind of funny. I think I'm on like episode six or seven. And every time uh, the other characters have to talk about Wesley off, you know, and Wesley's not around, they're always like, the boy, Wesley, Wesley, the boy. And it's just like, do you all have, like, the worst short-term memory that you have to remind each other that Wesley is a young boy? Because, like, he's got the most normal name. He should be the easiest one to remember out of all of you. It's such a weird thing I've just been noticing. I don't, I don't remember noticing that when I when I watched it through. I remember people just hating Wesley in general because they thought he was like an annoying little pipsqueak, like like the audience members. Yeah, you know. I mean he is. Well, I thought uh, he was all right. He's just you know he's yeah, a he's scrappy fine. teenager. He just wants to do all the things. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that I, I uh, the episode I'm on right now is the one where they find like a planet where everybody is like sexy and young and they jog everywhere. <laughs> and, and I'm like, uh, yeah, they still have writers from the original series on this at this point. And uh, uh, they're, it's like an innocent culture, basically, except they just love to have sex. And so they bring Wesley down. And I love the idea that they all they knew this going down that like, yeah, these people uh, will do it at the drop of a hat. Um, but consensually, but they're so like, let's bring the kid down so that we can see if it's okay for kids. And it's just like, that's a, okay. And, <laughs> and, and there's like this weird moment where like one of the younger kids on Sexy Planet, uh, is just kind of like, do you want to play with me, Wesley? And he's like, oh, I don't know how to play like that. And she's like, I mean, with a ball. And he's like, yeah, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, got it. Uh, give me give me a bat. And they all look at him weird. And it's just like, what? <laughs> and then like an ancient space god from above is telling uh, Captain Picard to leave the planet alone. And that's exactly when they lose communication with the away team. And when Riker and Worf figure this out, Worf is just like, what about the boy, Wesley? And I'm just like, there's only five of you on the planet. Just like, y'all know who and what he is. Just say, what about Wesley? I guess maybe they just want to point out, like, you know, he's an innocent young person. He's not an adult. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. There's this weird, um, I guess it's not weird, it's the internet, uh, fan fiction where Beverly Crusher and Dana Troy are romantic. They're in a lesbian relationship, oh, okay. which I don't necess- I don't really ship personally, but there is a YouTube video where they do that song, It's Just a Little Crush, and it's like <laughs> that song over them working out together. They mm. did like some workout scene in one of the episodes where they're just like girl chatting because they're friends. And they try to make it into this like lesbian shipping, and it's such a strange 
It's such a strange <laughs> thing to me because sometimes, you know, like Kimber and Stormer from uh from Gem, they tried to do that. You know, they actually did that in the comics later where they were dating, and I was I was okay with that. You know, I was just like, okay, yeah, I, I could see that. But this one was just like they're just like they're just friends. Right. But people are just like lesbians. <laughs> so I just I think that video is a good video. I think everyone should look at it, even if they don't ship it like like me, because uh, it's a weird it's a weird thing. Well, send me the link to that. OK, <laughs> yeah, I'll have to find it again. It's just, you know, I mean, there's there's things in in uh next gen you know where they have like beverly crusher and jean-luc picard having this like deep friendship but maybe there's something more but they're trying to keep it professional and then obviously dana troy and Riker, who i don't think were a good fit um i don't think they should have ended (laughs) up together personally but they you know they tried to do a thing Um, yeah 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 yeah. so there's stuff within the show where obviously um and then the the sexy episode where it was the uh security officer and data where it was you know oh yeah tasha yar insinuated that yes. they, uh, they did some deeds that's that's some deep insinuation because they straight up did it yeah they did yeah. uh because and i think this isn't doesn't data say something like we're talking about this episode anyway i'm fully it's, functional yes it's, yes that's what it is I was him like, and him and wow. megatron are always fully functional they still function <laughs> No matter what. Sometimes a hand cannon is just a hand cannon. <laughs> That's you wear your masculinity on your sleeve. When literally. when when Starscream was throwing Megatron out to his doom into the void of space, when Megatron was like, "I still function," he was really making a different offer. <laughs> <laughs> he was just like, "Hey, uh, I could be some use here." Nudge, nudge, wink, wink, hand cannon. Um, <laughs> when you're when you're in a jam, make sure that you. Uh, show that you still have your masculinity intact mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. and func- <laughs> and that it functions and that it functions it may come in in handy yes very handy <laughs> uh anyway <laughs> anyway uh, data any, data yeah i mean are there any like fan fictions in the star trek universe that either you've personally shipped or that would be an interesting ship uh, you know, no, not, not too much. I need to spend time. So the, my, the bulk of my, uh, Star Trek is Deep Space Nine. That's the only one I've ever watched like every episode to. And it's been a while. So I'm going to, I'm going to hit that once I'm, I do the full run of, uh, TNG. Um, but I mean, most of the time I just want Cisco to, you know, kick ass and, uh, take control of the situation. Um, yeah, I'm a fan of the Ferengis, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've always tried to be, I mean, they're slimy merchants, you know, but at the same time, they they have feelings too. I mean, Odo and Quark is like the best uh, fan fiction you could put together. Yes. Um, But I think I also want stuff with, uh, uh, ooh, you know what? A Goldacott Captain Sisko fan fiction would be pretty great. There's a lot of tension between those two, you know. They they kept on uh, releasing the station to each other, and uh, yeah, yeah. Goldicott got pretty obsessive at the end there. Um, <laughs> anything with Garrick, uh, the the tailor. Yeah, I'm, I'm down with that. You know. Yeah, he's great. I think mm-hmm. that there could be like a like a manga slice of life that could come from a from Garrick because mm-hmm. he's just got. 
he just says so many interesting things and he's such an interesting character that it would be like a day in the life of him or like a flashback to like a moment in time from his life, you know? Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. all of that would be really interesting to read about. Yes. I do I do really want there to be a fan comic that views the entire history of the show through the eyes of uh Morn, the uh the uh the barfly. At Quarks, he's like the guy who never said anything, and they're like, "Oh, he won't shut up," you know. Um, <laughs> a whole a whole backstory where he's like the one secretly saving the station every episode. <laughs> that would be good too. You know, like when the Klingons invaded, it's because he went down and fixed the generator that no one knew was broken, or something dumb like that. And they're just like, it's a good thing Worf did that thing that saved the day. And he's like, I need another, I need more alcohol. I keep saving these assholes' lives. And (laughs) they give me no credit. (laughs) And if I leave, the entire Alpha Quadrant will fall. (laughs) It all lays on the shoulders of Morn, you know. (laughs) So, yes. It all lays on the shoulders of Morn. There you go. Oh, yeah, that's a good title right there. Yeah. The shoulders of Morn. The shoulders of Morn. The strong, strong shoulders of Morn. <laughs> well, I think uh, think we we got enough in the can there. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I guess we'll do outro. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have a nice awkward goodbye and call it good. <laughs> Perfect. Um, if you would like to check out my writing, my ranting, my hatred, uh, you can go to trustyhenchman.com. Uh, if you would like to support my hatred, uh, you can check out my Patreon. Um, all the links are right there at trustyhenchman.com. Um, for just $3 a month, you get a weekly newsletter where I share news, uh, reviews, yeah, all, all sorts of stuff. And uh, I also highlight new and upcoming comics uh, through the catalogs um, because there's millions and millions of new books coming out. So it's sometimes nice. So it's sometimes nice. It is sometimes nice to have somebody kind of highlight stuff that you might otherwise miss. So, yeah, that's where you can find me. And don't follow me anywhere. Thanks. Just just, <laughs> just appreciate when she descends from the heavens and graces us with her presence. Or crawl out from the cave that I've been dwelling in. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, whichever. Yeah. Whichever, yeah, whichever yeah. light you want to shine me in is perfectly acceptable. You can always just uh, cut yourself and throw some blood on the floor, uh, <laughs> semen optional, <laughs> and then she'll rise from the hell dimension. That's, You're going to edit that, that part out. <laughs> probably the most accurate, though. Uh, so I guess we will uh, talk again and we'll see you later or not see you later. Listen to you later. No, we're not going to listen to you. Uh, no. Bye. Bye. <laughs> and cut. Cut. <laughs>